God bless you, Sister Carol. Yes. All right. So now, thank you all for coming on. So we would continue from where we start with reflection. Reflection, please. Uh, um, um, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> um, this, uh, last week, Dr. Pauline, um, on October 18th, I believe it, um, in reflection, you said we should always write down our dreams because the time will come when everything we write down will be revealed. You said we should date every dream and message, take notes and take heed. You uh, were still in Genesis 47. You said when, um, when we don't forgive and we take the word of God lightly, we become foolish. When Joseph's family came to Egypt, he told his father and his, his brethren to go to Goshen. And um, Jacob did what Joseph asked him to do. Joseph had saw into detail what would, what would happen or what was about to happen and, um, for 400 years. They obey every detail of Joseph. The number 17 and 13 is significant. You look at Genesis uh, 37, verse 5. He said, Joseph had a dream and told his brothers, and they hated him even more. 17, later, 17 years later, when he was 33 years old, the dream manifested. You know, and there was nothing they could do about it. You know, because, you know, we know that when God speaks, he speaks, and God's word is yes and amen. 17 years later, they will come together because the dream will manifest. Give us food, they said. Why should we die? Because our money is gone. And uh, you reminded us of, uh, and I remember, you know, before COVID came in, uh, there was a night, I think it was a New Year's night, uh, the year before, you didn't say COVID, but you talk about the virus that was coming. And you said you saw thousands and thousands of people that, you know, was gonna die. You also encourage us to um, not take off our masks too soon because you say it's gonna, um, you know, they're gonna be, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, when we take off our masks and think it's over, it's gonna come again. And you also talk about, you know, um, inflation and uh, the famine that was gonna come, you know, in the land. And uh, you, you encourage us to, you know, start buying food and put food aside because, you know, you said a time is gonna come when you know we ourselves will have our money and we some people will not be able to buy food because of the pricing of food and you know we begin to see today you know even when we go to the you know the supermarket when we go you know food shopping we see the price we see the increase in price 
during COVID time, it was like gouging, price gouging. But now it's different because it's inflation. And they did announce that uh, in January, we will see mild inflation. But if, uh, people are starting to get at Biden because they're saying it's not in January. Inflation is already here. You know, based on you know what we're seeing, you know, in the supermarkets with you know the price of stuff being triple, not even double, triple. And also, you know, I, I said, you know, the last time, and I'll say it again, uh, on the news at one point, they were saying that when canned food is something that we could buy and keep in our homes because canned food, you know, can last for like five years after the expiration date. And I went on to say that, uh, like, you know, when food, the expiration date, if we look close at the expiration date, there are some things that doesn't fit into that uh, that criteria like dairy products. But um, when we look at expiration date, it's the best if you use before. It didn't say it cannot be used. So some things are still you know, able to use after the expiration date. So um, here, you know, you were saying that, you Dr. Bond, you were saying that, you know, you see, you know, what we're reading in this chapter, you know, being manifested in, in society today. He said, may the Lord give us the wisdom he gave to Joseph. What God has spoken, nobody can change it. Today, Israelites are the greatest owner of livestock around the world. And we look at a scripture, I think it was Genesis 13. I don't remember what verse where, you know, it says Abram was uh, wealthy in um, gold and silver and livestock. So he went on to say, God bless Abram with livestock. His wealth was measured in livestock. His nephew and all his family benefited from their livestock. The quality of the word of God in us causes us to be wealthy. Um, oh, it was Genesis 13 and verse 2. How do we preserve the blessing God gave to us? He made them preserve the blessing God has given to them. The, you, you talk about the fig tree. You said the fig tree was famous, but not available when God needed it. So that fig tree was cursed. You know, let us not be like the, the fig tree, you know. Let us be available when God needs us. You know, because each and every one of us, you know, we have spiritual gifts in us. Some of us, we hide it, you know, but we should, you know, be available, you know, when God, you know, needs us. And, you, you know, you, you encourage us to possession ourselves, even in this time, you know, when we are praying for blessing, that, you know, we should position ourselves for blessing. You know, I don't want to get too much into that, but, you know, like Jabez, Jabez, you know, he, his name, you know, <laughs> meant he was born out of sorrow, but he didn't sit with that. He asked God to bless him and he was blessed. So here we are praying for blessing. So each and every one of us, you know, we should, you know, you know, position ourselves as you taught us, you know, to receive our blessing, especially in this season, you know, overcomers expression is upon us. Uh, he went on to say he did not kill his brother, but he preserved them to preserve the wealth of Abraham. God always revealed to guide, to protect, and cover us. The covenant that God gave to Abraham was preserved by Joseph. Pharaoh told them to leave their livestock, but Joseph had already warned them to take their livestock out and not leave them in Egypt, not even his bones they should leave in Egypt. And they did obey. So, you know, once again, we should, you know, position ourselves for our blessing 
Amen. I'll stop there, Dr. Polly. Oh, praise God. Shall we all appreciate Evangelist Sarah? Okay. Okay. Yeah, who else? Who else? From last week or a week before, whichever one you remember. Reflection from last week or a week before, whichever one you remember. Wow, nobody remembers. Do I go by names? Sister Yuleli? You were there last week. Unmute yourself and tell us something. Is everybody there? Everybody's on mute. Yes, Is everybody there? Yes, Dr. Pauline. <laughs> Mrs. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shall we share the grace? <laughs> well, am I sure everybody is awake? <laughs> oh. All right. Let's, let's make our declaration if nobody remembers anything from last week. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Garden of Wisdom. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the garden of wisdom. I am here in the garden of wisdom. To gather wisdom. To gather wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To receive instruction. To receive instruction. Direction. Direction. And guidance. And guidance. According to the plan and purpose. According to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life. That the Lord has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We will continue where we stopped last week. Today, we are going to look at how we keep covenants or break covenants. We are either covenant keepers or covenant breakers. What makes us keep covenants? What makes us break covenants? What is 
the impact of keeping a covenant and what is the repercussion of breaking a covenant. It is very, very important that we realize the impact of forgiveness by keeping covenants. When we keep covenants, it means we are demonstrating the fear of God in our lives and environments. When we break covenants, it means we are not conscious of our work with God. God is a covenant keeping God. And he does not break his covenant. But we human beings, we break our covenant and it is very, very dangerous when we break covenant. When we break covenant, it doesn't affect us alone, but it affects many, many generations, unborn generations, unknown generations. For instance, some of the challenges that you and me may be facing today is because somebody broke a covenant in the family or in relationship or in a work we belong to or an association we belong to or an organization we belong to and even the church we belong to. So anytime we break covenant, we are likely to face the risk of breaking covenant. Covenant breakers are people who don't fear God. It doesn't matter whether you are born again or not. It doesn't matter whether you go to church or not. Once you break cause covenant, you are in trouble with God. The repercussion of breaking a covenant, it doesn't matter whether it is small or big. It's either we are breaking a covenant, a vow, a promise, an oath, or a kind of agreement. And agreement shows a covenant is a type of divine agreement where God makes an agreement with you. It's covenant where you make an agreement with, with God or with somebody else in the presence of God is a vow. A pledge is when you promise that if something is done for you, you will do this or that, or you pledge a support, you pledge to do something from your heart. Either you were asked to or you were not asked to. But a pledge is something that you agree to do. And an oath is what we take before the law. An oath is what we take before the law. So the difference between a covenant and a vow is that the covenant comes from God the vow come from you. The pledge also comes from you. 
An oath is similar to a covenant. So whenever we take a covenant consciously or unconsciously, directly or indirectly, we have to watch over the various covenants or promises that we make. So in the in, in today we are continuing our studies from Genesis. Genesis chapter 47, verse 21 says, As for the people, he made servants of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Hello? Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have Hello? this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Hello? Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. Verse 24. And all the harvest you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and for fifth shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves, and your household, and as food for your little ones. And they said, you have saved our lives. May it please my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a status concerning the land of Egypt and it stands to the day that Pharaoh should have the fifth, the land of the priest alone did not become Pharaoh's. Now I want us to see something very crucial in the story here. Last week we saw that during the farming, Initially, they were coming to Joseph to buy corn. Then a time came, the people had no money. And when they had no money, Joseph told them, you can use your livestock to buy corn. And when they brought the livestock, Joseph took the livestock and gave them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh also turned around and gave the livestock to the Hebrew children, that is Joseph's family, to take care of the livestock in Goshen. And that is how the Hebrew children, the Israelites, became wealthy in the land of Goshen because they were, they, they, they were given all the livestock in Egypt. Now, another aspect of it is where Joseph will observe some covenants. And uh, I was looking at how Joseph has been faithful. God is faithful. He's the covenant keeping God. And so if we belong to God, we need to learn to be faithful. 
we need to learn to be covenant keepers. So, one first covenant Joseph kept is verse 22, Genesis 47, verse 22. It says, only the land of the priest he did not buy, for the priest had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. So there are two different things that are happening here, but they are all related to covenants. It's not easy to identify covenants. And anytime we identify covenants, we have to respectfully examine how it concerns us. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Who keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So here you will see that covenant is not a one day thing. You keep it on Monday and Tuesday you abandon it. No, the same way Joseph respected the covenant that Pharaoh had made with the priests and said to the priest, keep your land. Your land shall never be taken away from you. You will eat and drink from your land. No matter what happened in this nation, that land is yours. The same way when God gave Moses the covenants, the Lord said to Moses, the priests shall be given lands to dwell in because they are mine. And every firstborn of every family shall be a priest unto me. So here, when every king rose up in Egypt, no matter what they did with the people, they observed the fact that the, the, the priests must be taken care of both by the judges, both by the judges and the, and, the, and the king of the day, they must take care of the priests, the Levites. Up to a certain time in most parts of Europe and America, the priest was taken care of. Up to now in England, if you're a registered minister, the government practically takes care of you. In uh, Scandinavia, in most parts of Europe, they take care of the priests. The priest stays in the house of the Lord, counseling and taking care 
or of the people who are brokenhearted, who are devastated, and they go from home to home visiting and making sure that the needy, even everybody, is taken care of. And the priests report, uh, uh, also take care of the king of the day. In England, there are priests in the, in the queen's palace. Here in America, the law is made in such a way that the ministers are taken care of. But all these things are not properly in place today because of greediness, because some priests are not working with God appropriately, because a lot of people who claim to be ministers are not actually called into ministry. So they did things that made the government stop taking care of ministers. Though that privilege is still there, but you have to really, really show proof that you are not just taking money from the government. So the government is supposed to be taking care of ministers. And here you can see that Joseph respected that covenant that Pharaoh made for the priests. So Pharaoh made sure the priests are taken care of. So this is a covenant that was in place and Joseph made sure it was well respected. Another covenant that was in place we can't read everything about covenant, but Psalm 103 verse 17 is very interesting. It says, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. So God's covenant is always from everlasting to everlasting. But the covenant is, uh, brings blessings to us when we walk in righteousness, when we obey his commandments, when we keep the law, when we fear God, then the covenant will be manifested to us as blessings. At the same time, the Lord wants us against breaking his covenant. The same way we keep covenant, the same way we must watch over our vows. Numbers chapter 30 verse 2 says, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall not do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Sorry, he shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 21 says, when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God 
will surely require it of thee, and it will be seen in thee. So anytime we disrespect God's covenant, anytime we disobey the covenant and the authority that manages the covenants, we have sinned against God. Romans 1, 31 talks about the covenant breaker. It says, without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgments of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So we have to be very careful how we manage our covenants. As, it does, as Isaiah 24 verse five says, the earth also is defied under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the law, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. The covenant that God makes with us is everlasting. We have to be very, very watchful and very careful. As young as Samuel was, Samuel respected the covenant of Egypt and allowed God to fight his battles. Sometimes these days, everybody believes that they have Holy Ghost and they do whatever they, they, they like and whatever they want. And it is causing this generation, a lot of generational iniquity is becoming generational curses. And may we all be careful so that we don't miss heaven. We don't miss heaven because the enemy is busy, very, very busy, causing people to break the holy ordinances of God. Joseph, as young as he was, he didn't have the Bible like we have today. You know, I was doing a research and I saw that they said Bible purchases has gone down to 19% from about 90% to 19%. And Bible reading has gone down to maybe about, is it, they say 5%? People are no longer reading the Bible. And the electronic Bibles are being contaminated. They are removing because now millionaires are buying the Bible copyright and they are editing out anything that does not, they don't like. They are editing out whatever they don't like. And so you are reading a Bible. If you don't take care, verse 15 is missing. Verse 20 is missing. Every verse that they don't like, they are deleting it and removing it out of the Bibles. Every, especially the electronic Bibles. 
I have been saying it and I'll keep saying it, everybody, make sure you have a hard copy Bible in your house because they are trying to change the Bible and they are trying to make sure that people don't read the Bible. So anything with the COVID, they are trying to change Christianity since the time of the COVID. And so Andrew Como wakes up in the morning and he says by attacking the church and fighting the church not to gather because he doesn't want them to read the Bible or know the truth. And it was part of the COVID uh, 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 conspiracy. They wanna stop people from reading the Bible. And now the Pope is saying that they want to change the Bible, but I say it's not the Holy Bible that they are changing. They are changing the Catholic Bible. And now they want everybody the Muslims and the Buddhists and um, all religions to share the same worship place. So while Christians want to worship, all other worshipers can come in and join them and they don't have to use the name of Jesus. They only have to use the name of God. This has been going on for a while now. And so they are encouraging youth to stop going to churches that they should not be part of any church. They should just be a part of the general new age churches where everybody meets and everybody shares and everybody sing and dance and clap their hands and anybody can rise up and preach. So we have to be where God has planted us. We should not be like the fig tree that is so famous that Jesus has to curse that fig tree because it was not productive. It was not fruitful. It was not bearing fruits and it was not multiplying in the name of the Lord. They are multiplying in the name of themselves. Their pride, their ego, their selfishness. Little Joseph respected Pharaoh's priestly covenant when he made sure that the priests were given their allowances and they were taken good care of. And then, in verse 23, then Joseph said to the people, behold, I have this day, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you and you shall sow the seed. You shall sow the land. So now this is another authority that Joseph laid down. And that was the beginning of paying taxes in, in, in Egypt. And today, the whole world is paying taxes. The whole world is paying taxes as a result of the law that Joseph laid down. So Joseph introduced taxes into Egypt. Verse 24 says, And at the harvest, you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and for fifth shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves and your household and as food for your little ones. And they said, you have saved our lives. May it please my Lord. We will be servants to Pharaoh. You know, these aspects touch me that when the Lord was giving Abraham the law, was giving him the promise, the Lord did not tell Abraham that he would not go through challenges. But rather, the Lord made him know 
that I have blessed you. I have blessed your descendants and your descendants shall be like this, like the star of the, of the sky and like the sand of the sea. And you will go through and your descendants shall go through 400 years of suffering. Now, Abraham himself suffered. Abraham was in Egypt before the Lord took him to Egypt, before the Lord took him to the promised land in Canaan. Isaac also went to Egypt before he was, before the Lord took him to Canaan to go and settle, which is the promised land. So you can see that the Lord took Abraham to the place of suffering to see where his descendants will be, where they will learn how to build a nation, how they will suffer, what they will go through. Isaac also went through the same procedure of suffering before he went to settled in the promised land. Now, Jacob also will now go with the promised children, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes that will make up the nation of Israel. They will also go to Egypt to go and learn nation building and gather wealth with which they, they, will, they will go and build the nation of Israel. I want us to pay attention to something very crucial here. When God gives you a promise and the promise looks so beautiful, ask yourself and ask the Lord, what are the types of challenges that will be involved? You know, once I was reading about Ken Edison, the one who made electricity, Ken Edison made the bulb after making the electricity, tried to make the bulb. He attempted and tried it 99 times. And one day, President Jefferson will ask Ken Edison, you have been doing this and you've been failing. When are you going to be successful with the bulbs? And finally, he made it. Today, you and me uses the bulb to see, to illuminate the power line for us to have light. Whenever we see failure, it is not the time to withdraw from God. Whenever we come into a place called failure, it is the time to see God, to know the purpose of God, the will of God. Joseph went through various types of failure. If we were told every challenge that Joseph went through, there'll be no room to contain it. Research showed that Joseph went through different types of challenges apart from the ones that were recorded. Because the Bible says he dreamed yet the more, which means that some of his dreams were not recorded. What is the promise that God gave you before you gave that to your child, before your mother conceived you in, in her womb, before you conceived your sons and daughters in your womb? What did the Lord say to you? What is happening? Have you respected the fact that the Lord will always take us 
through various types of challenges before he mature us. A lot of people have run away from their destiny because they think that that challenge does not come from God. And especially when you, you come into contact with liars, witches and wizards who are destiny destroyers, destiny thieves, destiny robbers, you will not stay in, in the place where God wants to groom you. God wants you to go through different types of challenges before he brings you to a place of establishment. Even Christ Jesus had to go to Egypt, run away from Herod who wanted to kill him. So who are you that God should not allow you to go through trial? Who are you? Where are you running away from? And what are you running away from? Everybody that is a child of God will go through a type of challenge when you are covering your child because you don't want that child to, be, to, to go through challenge. You are a liar. Don't make yourself the destroyer of your children's destiny. Don't make yourself the robber of your children's destiny. Let your children learn the truth of life. Let them learn the challenges of life. Let them learn to understand the fact that we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we should not fear no evil because the Lord is with us. So here comes Joseph. Everything the Lord said to Abraham, Joseph was not there. Joseph received it from his father. His father received it from his own father, Isaac. And now it's time for Joseph to cause that to be manifestation. There are promises that God has given to you and me, but it will be manifested in our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. So we have to be careful how we hide ourselves and our children from the reality of what God has purposed in their life. If Jesus went through it, who would not go through it? If Abraham himself went through challenges, why would you not go through it? Even if you were caught from a tree, you will go through it. Even if God dropped you from the sky, you will go through it. What kind of protection are you giving to yourself and your children? that would thwart them out of their destiny, that would rather deprive them of the blessings that God has for them. Stop preventing your children from going through trial. Rather stay, position yourself and encourage them to study the word of God, to know the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But when you want to fight, what kind of a battle do you want to fight? Don't fight the battle God has not placed in your hands. Just as like the Lord was showing me, there are various types of death in the sky now, in the air. Spiritual death, material death, emotional death, marital death, financial death, business death, relational death. So don't push your children to die. In the academic realm, in the financial realm, in the marital realm, in the relational realm, in, in, in the business realm, don't push them into death by trying to protect them wrongfully. Yours is to pray and guide them. Yours is to seek the will of God. 
Yours is to know what God has said. God told Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. I will bless you exceedingly. But nonetheless, Abraham must go through the challenge. And here we are. Joseph went through the challenge and gathered wisdom to manage the promises God has given. To manage a whole nation where he was not born, where he went as a slave, out of slavery, God raised him up to become prime minister. So here we are. Another important point I want to draw our attention to in the covenant. Hey, Kebosiandi Kayababa Sikita. Hey, Kamusiandi Kayabahatalianda. Hey, Kebusahatalianda. The children of Egypt started making some pronouncements. In verse 25, you have saved me. You have saved our lives. May it please my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a statute, a law, a covenant concerning the land of Egypt. And it stands to this day, it stands to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth, the land of the priests alone, did not become Pharaoh's. Now in America, based on the law that Joseph made, in America, every land belonged to the government. Every house we buy with our money still belongs to the government. The day you don't pay the taxes, the government repossess the house. Even after you have finished paying the mortgage, the 30 years agreement, the 30 years covenant, the day you don't have money to pay the taxes, the government takes back the land, takes back the house. Joseph was the one God used to establish that law. What has God called you to do? That will be manifested in your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren for many generations. Covenant-keeping God. And you see, every nation the Jewish people are, they are always possessing the land. They always, they possess the land side by side with the government. Joseph possessed the land of Egypt side by side with Pharaoh, and it is still happening today. It is still happening today. It is still happening today. Ah. <laughs> hey, Kemusianda. Verse 27 is very interesting, but I think, let me carry that over to next week because it's taking us into another realm of covenant. And our time is almost up. Here, <laughs> how we swear oath, and sometimes we throw it away because we don't like the person, because we don't like the people, because no, we have to be very careful. We are either covenant keepers 
or covenant breakers. God forbid that you should become covenant breakers. Because the laws that bind covenant says, when you don't keep that covenant, the repercussion is death. Because every covenant that you break becomes a sin unto you. And not only unto you, it becomes a generational curse unto you. You know, these days, not even only these days, people call you on the phone and make you say yes to something. They record your voice. And when you don't keep it, they charge you to court. They charge you to court. They find you until you pay for it. Because the word of God demands that any covenants that we make, any vows that we make in the name of God must be kept. We all have faulted various types of covenants. We walk away from covenants. We don't like it. We just go away. But God is a covenant-keeping God. God is a covenant-keeping God. You know, once a guy was traveled, he had a green card. And then, you know, when they give you green card, the law of the green card says you must pay taxes to American government. If there is any reason, even when you don't work, once you have a green card, you must file your taxes at the end of the year. You work or you don't work. The law demands you to file taxes. This guy traveled on his way back. He was away for, I don't know how many years, but on his way back, he was arrested at the airport. They said he invaded taxes. He was given the green card to work and pay. He invaded taxes. His mother too was coming back from wherever she went to. She was also arrested. She was also charged with invading taxes. And uh, whatever it is, they had two options to either be deported back to the origin to their to the country of origin or they serve imprisonment and then work and pay back whatever they owe the government and so they asked me to pray for them that prayer request opened my eyes Mother and son jailed differently at different times. So mother and son ended up in prison because they invaded taxes. The same way goes for five. When we don't pay our fight, what happens? You know, there are repercussions for the things that we do. When we break the covenant, when we swore the oath to become citizens of America, do we know what we're swearing? Do we understand the details of the oath? When we took the green card, we signed a document. Do we know what we're signing for? 
How do we take the word of God? There are repercussions. Repercussions for everything that we do. When we disobey the laws of God, when we disrespect the laws of God, when we disrespect the church authority, we want to do anything. We give people wrong advice. We don't know that. That advice that we give wrongfully open doors for curses. Curses, curses upon curses that we cannot trace. We can't trace back to where the curses started from. We don't know where it came from. We don't know who went wrong. We don't know what we said, what we signed. We don't know what prayer we prayed, what vows we made, what promises we made. I will, God, if you do this for me, I will do that. Oh God, bless me and I will do this. And then you walk away. Hey, the danger, the danger of disrespecting covenants, vows, pledges that we make and we don't keep. A lot of times we make vows, we disrespect the vows and we disrespect the authorities that took us through the vows. Look at it. Joseph said he's not going to touch the land where the priests have been given by Pharaoh. Now he's the prime minister. Why didn't he change that law? Why didn't he change it? Because the priest deals with the spiritual realms, the spiritual realms of Egypt and Pharaoh's life. Who influences you? Who controls you? Whom do you listen to? Who advises you? What is the basis of your advices? What is the legal grounds for the decisions that you make? I want all of us to think. Look at how Joseph handled the laws of Egypt, how he respected the priests, how he made sure that the covenants were well respected and kept. He did not misuse the authority that Pharaoh gave to him. What kind of advice do we give to people? What kind of encouragement do we give, positively or negatively, directly or indirectly? Everybody just pray for yourself now. Just pray for yourself. We are praying against the spirit of death. How does death come? Physical death, material death, emotional death, financial death, marital death, business death, academic death, educational death. How do we invite death into our lives, into our environment, into our destiny? How do we exercise patience? How do we misuse patience when something is wrong? How long do we pray? How do we pray? 
17 years. Joseph was in Egypt. Trusting God for the miracle to happen. 17 years. The Lord sends you to a place to go and help, to go and assist. When you got there, the miracle didn't happen in one day. You are angry. You move away. Hey, God is the covenant-keeping God. The repercussion of breaking vows and covenants is rough and tough. Rough and tough. It's not easy. Some of us are paying. We are paying the price because we have not respected the blood of redemption. We are still adoring the blood of condemnation. It is time for us to switch to the honor and respect for the blood of redemption. The Lord did not tell us we would not go through trials, but he says, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Fear no evil, for the Lord is with you. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord. Father, this evening, we thank you for enlightening us. That breaking covenant brings death. Because the wages of sin is death. And anytime we break a covenant, we sin against you. Father, enable us to keep the covenants we have made in your presence. The covenants we have made, the vows we have made in your name, in your presence, enable us, Lord. Enable us, Lord. Enable us, Lord. Father, convict us wherever we are wrong so that we can make up, we can repent and make changes that your name alone will be glorified. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, because you revealed to redeem and you have revealed to us to respect and honor any covenants you make in your name, any covenants received from you, any vows you made in your name. Yes, Lord, we thank you. Yes, Lord, we bless you. We will keep our positions that we have accepted under oath the things we have promised to do for you that will do it with honor and respect with honor and respect we'll keep the covenants oh god we will do what we have promised to do we will not fail we will not allow offenses to cut us off your promises and the promises that we have made that people will offend us whether we like it or not. And we will offend other people whether they like it or not. Because we are sinful people saved by grace. 
And Lord, we ask that you will clothe us with your righteousness, that we will no longer dwell in sin, I will no longer allow sin to control us and to uproot us from the place you have planted us. Forgive us, O oh God. Open our eyes to see, enlighten our eyes of understanding, to understand how you took Joseph through. And Joseph was able to preserve the covenant that you made with Abraham. Enable us also to preserve the covenants the covenants of the word of God, the covenants of walking with you, the covenants of serving you, serving you with fear and trembling. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Yourself Amen. Let's do Amen. questions and reflections now. Everybody unmute yourself. Questions and reflection, please. And Any question? If no questions, then let's make a reflection. Let's have a reflection. Oh, I have a question. All right. If you don't mind. Not, uh, how you doing? Um, I am wonderful. And you too? Yes. God bless. Thank you. Um, the covenant. Yeah, you keep mentioning versus uh, the promises that we make. Like, for instance, when God told Abraham he's going to be over, how many nations, going to have many nations. Uh, speak a little louder. I'm not hearing you properly. The covenant, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. The covenant you, you keep referring to uh, uh, and the promises, and I think I mentioned it before, and I just want to get clar clarity on it. The covenant, the promises, you know, we make promises, God, if you do this, or God, we need you to do this, and I'll be in church, and I'll never leave, whatever it might be, right? The covenant, somebody's banging, the covenant is, is kind of different. Is it different from? Are you by yourself? Sister Beverly, if you are by yourself, remove the mask so we can hear you. I'm not hearing oh, you. Oh, no, I had say. you on mute. I'm sorry. I had you on mute. I thought I. I had the video on. I'm, I'm very sorry. Are you in public? Remove the mask from your mouth so we can okay. hear you. Okay. It's not. It wasn't a mask. It was the, the mute. The mute. So can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So what I was saying, the covenant that you keep referring to, versus promises and vows. How different is the covenant when God told Abraham was going to be oh, have many nations? That's the covenant that God gave to Abraham. The covenant. Oh, let me let me let me explain uh, covenant to you. Okay. The word of God is covenant. Somebody's banging something. I can't hardly hear. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but there's interruptions. That's all. Go ahead. Thank you. The interruption is at your background. No, 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 not me. 
Mm -mm. Okay, I can, it's, it's clear now. Nobody's saying, okay, it's, don't worry, no worries. Go ahead, Dr. Paul, now. I'm sorry. Okay, the word of God is covenants. Old Testament means old covenant. Mm -hmm. New Testament means New Testament. Mm -hmm. Anything the word of God asks us to do, we have to do it faithfully. And practical, one, one aspect is one. If the Bible says you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again, mm -hmm. that act of being born again brings you into the covenant of God, mm -hmm. the covenant of righteousness. So if you decide you don't want to be born again, it means you are not entering into the covenant of salvation. Okay. So if you give your life to Christ and one day you decide you don't want to be a Christian again, it means you have removed yourself from the covenants of God. Mm -hmm. That is number one. Another covenant in the Bible is a fighting covenant. Mm -hmm. The Bible says when you pay your five, the Lord will protect you and the Lord will fight you your battles for you. If you don't pay your five, you don't enjoy that blessings that God promised because tight pain is a covenant and is a command that God gave. So any, any command the word of God tells us, we have to keep it. That is why we say we are children of God. Coming to Bible studies is a covenant because the Lord commands us to teach the word. So when people refuse to, to participate in Bible studies, they don't want to come to Bible studies, they are breaking the covenant and it can bring a curse upon them because Hosea says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. People don't realize that attending Sunday school to learn the word of God Attending Bible studies to learn the word of God. Coming to church on any time we have, we have church service is a covenant. When you decide, oh, I don't want to be attending Bible studies. I don't like it. You are breaking the covenant of God and it's sin unto you. And it can lead to your spiritual death. Because when you don't know the word of God, how would you enter heaven? If you don't know what your job is, how would you be able to do your job to receive your salary? So the word of God commands us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And the word of God also says, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. So all these are covenants. When we forsake all these covenants, we die. Mm -hmm. Because it's disobedience, and disobedience, the repercussion of disobedience is death. Okay. Now, promises. Mm -hmm. Promises is what you promise to do. Mm -hmm. For instance, there are promises that we make. You know when you promise a child, you tell a child when you become eight years old, 
I will take you to go and watch a movie. Mm -hmm. The child will be waiting and expecting. Every day will be asking you, when, you, when am I going to be eight years old so I can go watch that movie? movie. Mm -hmm. When the child is eight years old and you don't let the child go watch that movie, that child can be bitter in his heart mm -hmm. the rest of his life mm -hmm. because you denied him. If you are not going to fulfill that ordinary promise, you have to let the child know why you can't fulfill that promise. But any promise you make in the name of the Lord, like vows, Mm -hmm. Vows are made, vows that are made in the name of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. Once you stand in the house of the Lord and you make a vow, you have made it unto God. Even if you tell me or you tell somebody, once you are standing in the house of the Lord, you are standing in the presence of God and you make a vow, you have made it unto the Lord. You cannot break that vow. Yeah, but you, but you can always ask for forgiveness. If Not just asking for forgiveness. You must explain the reason. Mm -hmm. And that reason must be genuine. If you lie, it brings damnation upon you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will come and say, the Holy Ghost told me to, to do this, to do that. And mm -hmm. then they don't follow up with it. When you remind them, they get angry with you. But what they don't know is that they are bringing damnation upon themselves. So nope. covenants and vows are mm -hmm. very, very delicate. Mm -hmm. Covenants and vows are very, very delicate. Any vow you make in the house of the Lord is almost like a covenant. You must keep it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Any other? Question, please. Any reflection? No question. Can I have a reflection, please? Sister Bridget, can you give us a reflection? Sister Bridget, are you on mute? Princess Shala. Sister Sarah. Lily. Andrea? Yes, hold on. Okay. Sister Sarah? Oh, yes, yes Dr. Brody. Yeah, give us a reflection. Thank you. Um, I, um, I didn't, I believe it's, uh, you explained in um, Genesis 47, but I didn't get from what verse. Uh, you talk about how we keep covenant or break covenant. What is the impact of keeping a covenant and the repercussion of breaking the covenant was a question that you asked. You said when we break covenant, it is very dangerous because it not only affects us, but it will affect many members of our families for generations to come. Covenant breakers are people who don't fear God. It doesn't matter if we break covenant, oath, agreement, or pledges. Um, the, you know, we still have to suffer a repercussion when we break them. And as you just explained to Sister Beverly that when we make promises and, you know, vows, you know, like if we 
you know, can keep them. We should come and we should tell why we're not able to, you know, keep those. And then we should, um, we should, you know, like ask for forgiveness, you know, and, you know, it has to be genuine. It cannot be something that we say or lie because we just want to get away with it. Because if we lie, we bring in, you know, curse, you know, on ourselves, damnation on ourselves. You said the difference between a covenant and a vow is that the covenant comes from God and the vow or oath comes from us. Um, you went on, you know, to talk about the children of hate, the Hebrew children, the Israelite became wealthy because of the livestock they were given. When we consent, when we consent to covenant, um, we must respect it. The same way Joseph respected the covenant that Pharaoh made with the priests. You know, you said today uh, in many nations, like especially in Europe, uh, the priests are respected. When King rose up in, the, in Israel, they took care of the priests. And um, we don't see it a lot uh, today especially here in America, because, um, um, you know, there it comes with greed. A lot of people, you know, going to ministry, not because they are calling to ministry, but because they just put themselves into ministry. There are a lot of dishonesty. There are a lot of things that, you know, leaders of God, you know, engaging that is not of God. So uh, these things are, uh, uh, it's not happening today as it used to happen. Uh, before, you know, where, where priests are respective. Joseph respected the covenant that Pharaoh made with the priests. He went on to read um, Psalms 103, verse 17, where he talked about the steadfast love of God that never changed, etc. When we keep the covenant of God, his blessing will be manifested in our lives. And you also look at Deuteronomy 23, 21, where it shows to where when we keep God covenant, you know, it, you know, our blessing will manifest in our life. When we disobey the covenant and the manifestation of the covenant, we sin against God. Therefore, we must be very careful of how we manage covenant. We must be watchful and careful. You use Samuel as an example where he respected the covenant of God from a very young age. You know, he never departed, you know, from the covenant of God and he, he was obedient to God. You know, Joseph did not have the Bible as we have Bibles today. But, um, and you went on to talk about the Bible. You said today, the sales of Bible have decreased and um, people are not reading the Bible as they used to, you know, you know, we, because, um, you know, you went on to talk about, you know, the Bible that we have to be very careful of, even the Bible. Some of us have Bible apps on our phone and, you know, some of them aren't very interested because, you know, you'll be reading this a scripture and certain things just pop up, uh, uh, gambling pop up, all kind of stuff pop up from, you know, on my phone or, you know, sometime when I'm reading the Bible from, you know, like a computer or something. And you said, we have to be careful of the Bible. We have to read. You know, and, you know, if we're going to read another version, we have to line it with the King James Version or the New King James Version, because especially when we look at some translations, some things are missing. Some words are taken out of the Bible. Uh, you uh, Just like uh, on our phones are uh, with some, you know, some of these billionaires, they buy um, certain, you know, um, um, what do I want to say? Certain, you know, like companies and, you know, they want to eliminate Bible. 
so they remove some stuff from the bible so when we purchase bible or when we're looking at you know bible apps or bible you know digital you know on our phone or whatever we have to be careful of what we are reading you 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 want us to make sure that we have a bible in our home at all times you know the written word of god because you know there come a time you said when you know the bible is just going to be you know i don't want to use the word obsolete like you know we can't get it unless we already have it you know so we have to be very careful. And you went on to talk about even the Pope when he talk about, you know, the Bible is old and there are something that need to be changed in the Bible. And you said, you know, you're not taking it that he's referring to the Holy Bible. You must be referring to the Catholic Bible. And, you know, we know as Christians that the word of God never changed. The word of God is yes and amen. So um, you went on to say, we should not be like the fig tree that even though it was very famous, when God needed it, it wasn't able to, you know, produce fruit. So that fig tree was cursed. So we should be ready and available when God need us, you know, you know, for services, we should be available. You know, we should not, um, Joseph introduced his tax into Egypt. And today, um, taxes, you know, you know, like uh, everybody who own property in America, you know, the property doesn't belongs to us really it belongs to the government you know we have to pay taxes on those property the, um you said when the lord was giving abram the promises he did not know what he would go through jacob go to egypt to know about nation and nation building when we come to a place called failure it is not the time for us to withdraw from god but instead we should seek god even more you know, many of us are going to go through challenges, some challenging. And, you know, we learned that, you know, you know, is in the suffering phase. A lot of people turn away from God, you know, because, you know, they can't see, you know, we get prophecies sometimes, we get promises sometimes, and we expect it to manifest like instantly, right away. We, know, we don't know that sometimes we have to wait. We don't know that we have to go to the valley of the shadow of death. We don't know that we have to be trained, equipped, and empowered. We don't know. Sometimes we don't realize that, you know, God, what, what God is, you know, what we are going through is God is using it to bring us into a place of maturity, you know, a, you know, a place where we can, you know, pour out his, um, his you know, anointing, his blessing on us where he could use us for his service, you know, in his kingdom. God will take us through challenges before he mature us and establish us. So we shouldn't be uh, robbers of destiny. And we should not rob our children of their destiny by hiding them from the reality of what God's purpose is in their life. They must walk through the valley of the shadow of death also. So we shouldn't push them uh, into debt by protecting them. You know, some of us are overprotected when it comes to our children. We don't allow our children to grow. We don't allow our children to mature. You know, we, we just want to hover over our children and just do everything for them. We don't allow them to do for themselves. And sometimes we put them in a predicament where when they're faced, you know, in the real world, when they go out in the real world and they're faced with uh, challenges, they fail, you know, because they're always expecting mom to be there or dad to be there to take on those challenges. So, um, so wisdom, um, Joseph got a wisdom from what he went through in a land where he was not born in based on the law that Joseph made in Egypt. 
every land in America today belongs, as I said before, belongs to the government. The Jewish people are always possessing the land side by side with the government. You know, um, sometimes we swear oath and throw it away because we don't like the people we make the oath with. And we don't realize that there are repercussions when we break the laws of God. You know, you went on to talk about, you know, with Sister Beverly a while ago, and a lot of us cannot see from that perspective where, you know, even um, coming to Bible study, we like, like some, some people, you know, get water baptized and um, something happened in church and they walk away from church or they walk away from God. You know, that's breaking a covenant. Uh, when we don't pay our tithes, you know, we break a covenant because, you know, the Bible demand us he commanded us to pay you know like tithe and you know the bible said when we pay our tithe god will rebuke the devour for our sake and sometimes we are not paying our tithe and we find ourselves in deeper predicament because you know like when we don't pay our tithe who's there to protect us who is gonna um 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 take on the you know the 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 the, the, the robber you know whether of destiny or you know like money or you know like we you know the devouring spirit or the spirit the spirit that devour our finances who's gonna take that on when we don't pay our tithes and when we don't pay our tithes and we go into prayer um how are we praying or who's praying for us what are they gonna stand on you talk about coming to bible study that you know some of us feel like it's not important to come to bible study but the bible said we perish for lack of knowledge you know so and we should be uh, we should study to show ourselves approved unto god and are we studying to show ourselves approved to God? When we don't come to Bible study, when we don't come to Sunday school, uh, how are we learning the word of God? How can we know the word of God? So that too, you said, you know, we align ourselves, you know, you know, you know, for we put ourselves in a predicament, in other words, for, you know, not receiving God's blessing because we're sinning against God. You know, so we have to, you know, make conscious effort to not break covenant of vows you know, you said that there are repercussions when we break the laws of God. When we give wrong advice, we are opening the door for curses. And sometimes we get wrong advice. Or sometimes we ourselves might think we are giving the right advice, but it's absolutely wrong. So we have to, you know, before we say something, we must examine what we are saying. You know, if we're not sure, we should, you know, act, you know seek counseling. Or we could pray and ask, you know, the Lord to show us, you know, before we, you know, say things or do things that we're not supposed to do. What are the legal grounds for the decision that we make in our life was a question that you asked. And how do we exercise patience? You know, because you went back to refer to Psalms 121, and that is speaking to me. Uh, where it says, my help coming from the Lord. Because sometimes we want to take on the challenges and we figure we could work it out you know, in our own strength. But we have to remember that the Bible said the best of our righteousness is like filthy rags before him. And our help doesn't come from ourselves, but our help coming from the Lord. So we have to be patient. We must exercise patience. Some of us are uh, praying, paying the price because of what we did not do. Because, but because of what our foreparents do. You know, we are paying the price. We are suffering repercussion. We are fighting. We are, you know, we are in spiritual warfare. We are in battle because not because of the things that we ourselves do. Yes, some of it is because of what we do, but a lot of it comes from what our ancestors have done. 
you know, and we have to fight, you know, so it can be, you know, reversed or corrected. And I just want to stop there, Dr. Pauline. That's what I learned from what you said about Bible study today. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you very much and God bless you. Shall we all appreciate Evangelist Sarah? You're welcome, Amen. Dr. Paul. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we share the grace, Reverend Athia, are you there? I know you're at work. Reverend Athia? Okay. So all students know that this Thursday, we don't have classes because Thursday is the beginning of uh, overcoming expression. So tomorrow we are back online to pray. We'll be praying for overcoming expression tomorrow at nine o'clock online. Everybody endeavor to be there. And please let us all invite somebody. Let's all invite somebody. Send the flyers on your phone to everybody, to all your contacts, invite people to come. Because if you don't invite people, there'll be nobody. And by inviting somebody is part of evangelism. The Bible commands us to evangelize. And that is also a command. It's a command we all have to obey. Invite a brother, invite a sister, invite, you, you know, you have lists of people on your phone. If it's birthday party, you will invite them. These are not a birthday party. Invite them to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. So be encouraged to invite somebody. It's very important. We have talked about covenant. The word of God is covenant. And inviting people to church is a command. So let us endeavor to invite somebody. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Take your communion. <clears throat> Either you take a communion or you take a, a communion element or water. Father God, we thank you and we bless you that you have received your word. And your word is life. Your word is guide, is guidance. Your word is instruction and direction. We have received your word tonight. And we take the communion to seal the words that we have received. That the blood of Jesus will cover and protect us. And your name shall be glorified. And the water shall cleanse and purify us because of your name's sake. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. E all of it. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's share the grace. The grace, grace of, the of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, the love, the love of, of God, God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit be with us, be with now, us now and forevermore. And forevermore. Amen. Amen. Surely, Surely, goodness and goodness mercy shall follow us all the days, all of, the days our of our lives, and we shall dwell, we in, the dwell in the house of the Lord, of the Lord forever, forever and ever. And ever. Amen. 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 Thank you all for coming. Have a good night and see you tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Amen. Amen.
Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.